Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. Oh, joy! Let's rock! It makes me wanna fart! Dear Journal, it's me, Doug. Do you have a... Baby's gotta do what a baby's gotta do. On your mark, get set. Oh, here it goes. Welcome back, Slimesters, to another episode of Splat Attack, where we're taking it back to the slime-filled past. I am your co-host, Brett. I am your other co-host, Alex Nance. And Brett, again, I see somebody else here. Yeah, people just keep flooding into our studio. I don't know where they're all coming from, but we're uh, happy to have the visitors. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself, special guest? Uh, my name is uh, Joe True. I'm, uh, I was on... Uh... Legends of the Hidden Temple, season three. That's right. That was uh, the episode called The War Fan of the 47 Ronin, June 27th, 1995. Or as they pronounced it, The 47 Ronin. The Legend of the War Fan of the 47 Ronin. Oh, The War Fan of the 47 Ronin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Olmec was very um, exaggerated when with his inflictions because if I yeah. remember correctly, D. Bradley Baker, who was like operating inside the stone head, the giant mouth, he was like doing all the voices for the legend too. So yes. he, had, he had quite the task to perform every single episode. I'm just astounded that he was able to do like literally 120 episodes of that um, yeah. throughout the course of the series and still doing stuff today. Um, I mean, if you look at his credits on IMDb, it's at least 600 entries, which is very impressive for a voice actor. Let's get down to brass tacks. We're yes. here to talk about Legends in honor of the reboot that's coming out October 11th. It might already be out, depending on when this episode releases. Let's do a quick run through of it. Um, and actually, we'll have a few moments uh, to have Olmec speak too. Olmec, would you like to tell us the legend about the 47 Ronin? Some of the boldest and most cunning warriors of old Japan were the 47 Ronin. As Lord Asano's bodyguards, they accompanied him to the palace of the Shogun, the ruler of Japan. But somehow, the evil Lord Kira still managed to do away with Asano. Kobayashi, number one samurai, called the others together. Boys, we must have big time. And you know what that means. We're unemployed? That too. But now we're Ronin, outcasts. We must find a way to get even. But Lord Hira was ready. Double the walls, triple my guards, cancel my dental appointment. The Ronin are on the warpath. For two years, Lord Kira waited for their attack. But the 47 Ronin were secretly plotting their revenge. Finally, Kira relaxed. Those whips, they'll never attack. Reduce the guard. The next night, the Ronin crept across the snow. They fought valiantly through the guards and found Kira hiding in a bathroom. They did away with the evil lord, then surrendered to the Shogun. But instead of punishing them, he ordered their story be painted onto a war fan. Your quest is to find the war fan of the 47 Ronin and bring it back here. Very nice, Olmec. Glad He's always, <laughs> always such a great storyteller. Yeah, yeah. I dare say better storyteller than C-3PO. I do have to say, I, I enjoyed this legend. Some of them are kind of boring or sound clearly made up, but I really like how they went through the details of how these Ronin essentially just revolted against their own Japanese empire, created an uprising. And I thought that pretty entertaining from a historical lesson, uh, if not the one fact that the, the emperor hid in the bathroom while the battle was going on. <laughs> yep. That's like the one standout fact. Yeah, um, I got that question right. <laughs> you did. 
I, I noticed very, very impressive. You're actually really good on the steps of knowledge. I think if I remember correctly, you were the first one to ring in of the questions and you're just keeping the pressure on with the silver snakes, uh, the blue barracudas and the green monkeys. Yeah. It was kind of funny because we got down to the bottom first and if you see in the video, you can see me like, I was already at the bottom, but we like, I like tapped again, just, just to like, what's going on. <laughs> see if I can, you know, maybe I can win <laughs> the whole yep. game. No. But uh, funny thing was it was, it was super hectic filming you know, getting us in and out so fast. When they started recording that portion of the show, before each event, they kind of do like a um, like a super fast overview to kind of tell the kids, you know, you're going to stand here, you're going to go here. And I mean, it's like mm -hmm. lightning fast. They go through it. Like the transition from them explaining what's going on to like action. I thought that was still like a dry run or something. Like I did, I did three quarters of the way through is when I realized I was like, oh crap, I think we're actually filming. So it was kind of funny at the beginning. I, did, I didn't even think it was the real deal yet. Yeah, from what I remember, it was they filmed at a breakneck pace, like I think around six episodes a day. I don't know if they still did that during season three, but they definitely did that with season one when yeah. they're still working out the kinks. Half the time, you, you didn't even know if it was filming or not. You just had to play along, and no matter how ridiculous Kirk sounded with his comments or, you know, if Olmec stuttered, you just got to roll with it because they're on a tight budget, tight schedule, and just got to make sure they, they get it out in time to air on the network. The in-between uh, filming sessions, because I think it was like five episodes a day they film or something like that. Mm -hmm. So they'd rush us out there, we'd do our event or, or our challenge, whatever it was, try to get through it. And then as soon as that was over, they'd say, okay, go, you know, go in the back room. And they had like video games set up and pizza oh, and nice. stuff like that. But it felt like hours, like sitting back there for like two hours between takes. I mean, it it was like boring sitting back there, but it, all the kids were kind of crammed into the same, you know, same room. Mm -hmm. It felt small. It was pretty funny. But when we finally got, you know, they come in the room, they open the door. You're like, is it us? Uh, you know, <laughs> no, they, call, they call somebody else. Yeah. I, I mean, at least they, they put some effort to keep you entertained because otherwise it'd be like waiting in a doctor's office until Olmec calls you to be examined. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and like the big, the flow difference was like high pressure, fast paced, for like a couple minutes and then go sit for two hours and do nothing. You know what I mean? Mm. And then like immediately go back to like fast pace and then go sit for two hours. So it was like, you know, all day long, that kind of thing. So yeah, very, very start stop cadence going on there. Um, I do yeah. remember in my research seeing that they would like tape uh, all the segments at once. So like if they did five or six shows a day, they'd do like all the moat crossings in one go yeah. and then all the yeah. steps and knowledge in one go and so on and so forth for yeah. efficiency's sakes. But I can imagine it's hard to like, keep track of the legend and all the stuff you had to do and keep your energy up in the meantime, in between those breaks while the other contestants were kind of going through the show. Right. Yeah, definitely. And like, we didn't really know what was coming up next. You know, I, I don't, maybe, maybe they mentioned it to, to us, but it was such, such a long time ago. I don't recall mm -hmm. if they told us, okay, we're doing this next or what. So we just kind of sitting there waiting, you know, playing like, you know, SNES or something or whatever it was out in 94, 95. So yeah. yeah. I'm kind of curious if they gave you any of the, the Nickelodeon video games to play for like self-promotional purposes. Play, play Guts while you're waiting. Man, I would rather be on there this you show. Go. That, <laughs> you'll get your practice into addition for uh, Guts while you're waiting on Legends or Double there. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> well, before we get into the, the episode itself, do you remember how it came about with you actually being able to get on the show? Yeah. Me and my buddy, um, Jason, back, you know, we were in middle school. You know, we would always watch a TV show and we all, we like wanted to be on guts. We're like, oh man, you know, we would do so good. And like everybody, you know, every kid thinks they're going to do awesome and they're going to win. So <laughs> we always thought that would be super fun, but zero idea about getting on the show. Like, you know, mm -hmm. you're just a kid, you just talk about it. But one day uh, we were walking into the um, middle school, Discovery Middle School. So walking into, I think, I guess maybe seventh or eighth grade, whatever grade we were in. 
um, walking into the library at the front of the library when you first walk in there's kind of like a you know little reception type desk like when mm -hmm. you first walk yes. in right on the center of the desk taped to the the bottom of it it was a orange piece of paper that said um you know, like tryouts for legends of the hidden temple call this number and we're like wow oh, crap we're like oh. so you know we both wrote the number down and then um i think my mom might have called it set up the uh in the you know set up an appointment for you to go down there and try out so and that's how that's how we, that's how we got you know the the direction of going you know getting on the show very cool um once yeah. you got there did you like get a chance to take a tour of like the different shows that were at Nickelodeon studios or what was kind of the process like once you got there? I'm curious. I do recall, it's hard to, you know, fragment memory of this, all the stuff. Yeah, sure. Ever, yeah. It's been so getting, like overwhelmed, yeah, overwhelmed everything. But I do recall at one point we toured, I don't know if this was the same day's auditions or another day, but at one point we uh, toured, I think it was Clarissa Explains It All. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a live set. So that was kind of cool. So, I mean, I remember like walking kind of on like a mezzanine um, up mm -hmm. high towards the back and then they were like down lower filming. And they oh, wow. were like filming the show, so we, we just kind of walked by and looked at it, and and uh, yeah, that was so that was neat. So I we do recall touring then. I'm not sure if that was the same day as auditions, but um, the auditions were it was crazy how many kids were there. I feel like there like, were thousands of kids there. Like thinking back, tons it was of highly kids. competitive. Just oh yeah, spot. yeah, yeah, big time. Um, when we first got there, there I mean there was just like a sea of kids. I just remember seeing kids everywhere, right? Um, and it was at, at the Universal Studios, um, like one of the lots, kind of like an open, uh, like a giant warehouse. Maybe it was a soundstage or something like that, but it was, you know, doors were, sliding doors were open and everybody gets in line and then you checked in. And at that point, I think they, maybe they gave us a sticker with a number on it or something like that. I don't recall yeah. how they kept track of us, but um, I do remember it was some type of number. So we must've been wearing a sticker or something. Sure. But you, you get in line and then there was, it was a, a this huge warehouse setup, and there was like obstacle course stations like as you go through like through the warehouse and there was like a, a employee or a team member there for legends or nickelodeon uh with like a clipboard with like uh, all this stuff on it so you you go online and then when it's your turn they say okay you gotta balance across this beam or you know jump from here to there mm -hmm. um one of the ones that stood out to me which which i did super good on was there was like a 10 foot diameter disc they had like a wooden peg in the bottom of it and it's like on an angle and there was like a bunch of like grip tape like skateboard grip tape on there and uh they said okay climb up to the top of that so you like you know you, you like climb from the bottom and like stay at the top and they say okay try to stay at the top of this and they like pull the peg out and then it starts like rotating because it's on a, a thing oh so you have yeah to, like, you have to like super go back and forth go back and forth and uh stay at the top so i was able to you know kids they had a bunch of like padding around the sides kids were falling off and stuff like that but i did pretty good on that one i was able to stay at the top which was neat. And then they said, okay, get back, you know, get down and then you know, go to the next station. Another one was like, a, they did like the relay, back, little relay race back and forth. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming they just, they grade you based on, you know, some type of grading based on, you know, your number and your performance. And then they turn all that data in. I'm guessing that's how they pick people. Yeah. So. Yeah. Legends is a very stat heavy um, game show compared to other ones. I know there's, there's this website called the King Storeroom that was built around the dawn of like, the internet 1.0 back when AOL was popular um, <laughs> that where they just kept track of like all those stats of like, which teams did the best in this category and how many oh, yeah, teams yeah, yeah. made it to the temple and all this other stuff. And it was just mind blowing to kind of go through that in preparation for this and our other legends episode to, to think about just the kinds of physical demands that contestants had to go through, not 
not even just auditioning to get to on the show, just like all the different obstacles one after another, and then still have enough energy to get through it all. It's like, it's a real test of uh, fortitude there. Is that website still active? It is. (laughs) It's called the King's Storeroom. Just type that in Google and you'll find it. And it's like a very, very nonchalant, uh, ugly website with a legend's pendant (laughs) repeating background in orange. But it's it's really helpful as a resource for any diehard Legends fan. They have all the episodes listed. They got like all the temple layouts, temple guard placements, paths that kids went through the temple. There's also like questions, temple game stats of like who lost, who won, who pendants. Just mind-blowing stuff. Like the amount of dedication people put into game shows like this never ceases to amaze me. But at the same time, I can understand it because as I was one of those kids yelling at the TV to like, go faster, go up that room, go there living vicariously through the contestants i can see how some people also channel their passion to make it live on like in the example of the website yeah that's yeah. crazy man I, i've seen a couple seen a couple things with some you know stats of like the purple parrots did it this time and the, you know they have it all laid out with you know all the different uh accomplishments of you know each team it's crazy it's a conspiracy it theory board of a website <laughs> yeah they should really just re um redesign it to look like a cork board with like picture, <laughs> pictures of contestants and like Olmec and Kirk Fob and the temple guards and have like all that red yarn on push pins connecting everywhere and a little bit of dinginess around it. That would really set the tone because yeah, that's yeah. how you feel when you're doing the research. It's like, okay, I'm sifting through all these individual stats to see who did what. And is this worthy of being a good episode? Is this a bad one? Is this just a poorly executed one? You, you don't even know. And right. considering there's three seasons worth 120 episodes it's a lot to go through question for you joe i stopped getting into nickelodeon and and kids tv shows whenever i was a teenager and started getting into junior high because for for me it was very much it's it's kid stuff anymore i'm not that interested and being in junior high when you were chosen to be able to be on the show what was your enthusiasm and did your classmates get excited uh yeah definitely um so i think i was probably 13 when we started doing the audition because the beginning of yeah beginning of 95 I think I turned 14 in July of 95 so everybody thought it was wild I mean my mom thought it was super cool everybody thought it was neat living in Orlando and like going to Universal Studios and Disney like kind of all the time back then it did it just oddly enough it didn't feel like out of the ordinary kind of thing you know what I mean I mean yeah we still watched it on TV and we still seen the people do it but for us to be like me my me and my buddy Jason hey let's you know let's get on guts and then we're gonna We'll be a team, you know, we, we've planned like, you know, we'll do it together and do this kind of thing. You know, we didn't get on guts, but, um, but we got on legends, you know, and he actually got on as well. He, we both awesome. tried out. He, he was selected as well. So do you remember um, either what legend or what team he was on? I don't remember which team he was on. I don't remember which legend he was on, um, but he did lose at the moat. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. That's got to be a, a kick in yes. the pants. <laughs> yes. He was like, man, what the hell, you know? <laughs> Um, I mean, I mean, all things considered, you got pretty far because from what I recall, I believe the moat crossing for you guys had to deal with like these inflatable lily pads that you had to like boards over. Am I, I, I that think right? the one we had, it was um, hanging uh, platforms. Oh, yeah, my bad. Yeah, we had to, yeah, yeah. We had to go. I do recall like in the middle of that, I told I told my teammate, I said, let's just like 
you know, I don't think it's a good idea for like one person to go and then try to wait for the other person. I said, we'll just like grab it and then step on the same time with one foot and then step on this, you know, the other time so we can kind of go to the next one. And then that was our, that was our flow. So I don't, we didn't fall in the water or anything, but we made it nice. across. So that was cool. Yeah. yeah. It's the slow and steady approach because, um, I was, I was just blown away by how fast that event all went. At least that's how they edited it on the episode. It was essentially like around eight bars with like circular pedestals at the bottom and you both had to like pick the right ones to get across and if you pick the wrong one it would like dip into the water and have to go back and start over mm -hmm. and i just remember like 10 seconds later um after i was being entranced by just the the contraptions that everyone was on and all the like atmospheric foliage and stuff that they added in season three that it was already over and i'm like what yeah. <laughs> um yeah. so apparently yeah, I I had read that the moat uh, in particular, a lot of the time that the moat and the steps of knowledge, they would often take quite a long time to film. Yeah. And of course they would edit it down considerably. And I would imagine there would be a few that went pretty quickly, but the moat in particular, I, I would imagine would take the longest time. The timeline of like how long it took us or how long the filming was. I mean, I feel like it, you know, in the middle of it, you know, time flies when you're, when you're in the, when you're in the action, you know, so yeah, hard, hard to remember how long it took, but maybe it was, yeah. you know, five minutes or so, I'm guessing. Yeah. I, I even remember reading too, that um, even if the average moat crossing took about three to five minutes, like on taping when it yeah. aired, someone even take as long as up to 30 minutes, like a full yeah, episode, just because some people just couldn't get across or someone was like drowning in the moat and they had to pull them out and dry them off and calm them down. So it was a very arduous process depending on the episode. But I feel like, you know, with your particular op obstacle from the 47 Ronin, it was just, you know, easy peasy, just think straight, do it one yeah. at a time and you're across, which I right, think yeah. I commend you on doing it well with like so <laughs> much audience uh, pressure on you. Yeah, live studio audience, they had live people in there which is pretty wild too, so. As we talked about the moat crossing with the, the pedestals, it turns out that the red jaguars, the blue barracudas, the green monkeys, and the silver snakes all made it across. So the orange iguanas and the purple parrots were disqualified in that one. I believe, I didn't, I didn't take particular note of the prizes because I'm like, yeah, prizes, whatever. <laughs> Pri but prizes I, on I, Legends was so secondary. Nobody yeah, cared. I, I'm pretty sure, I don't remember the first one for the moat, but I remember the second one. It was like either shoes or like nerds candy or like some board game no one ever heard of. I'm or pretty sure it was shoes. I, yeah. I had just watched it last night. I'm pretty sure it was shoes. It was like Hush uh -huh. Puppies or BK Ratchetech or something that was popular at the time. Yep. Yeah, it was It was funny. Um, the uh, the prize, that, you know, for second place, I think they showed, you know, the commercial comes on. And it's like, oh, and they get, a, you know, these cool clothes. It's like some stupid clothes. It's like, I'm yeah. not wearing that, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. We didn't even get that prize. I got a karaoke <laughs> machine. What? I, wow. Yeah, that's like didn't even get the prize that they. Uh, that, <laughs> oh that they my said. gosh! Which, so much um, for false advertising. I was. I thought you were going to get like a warehouse case of nerds after doing that. <laughs> no, no. They said I think we were supposed to get clothing or something like that, and then but we got. They gave us karaoke machines, so we had these like decent karaoke machines that me and my buddy dave just recorded prank calls with so we like awesome <laughs> you could have started your own show with that it's like yeah uh legends prank calls or something <laughs> yeah and uh, it was, is this olmec was... is your temple guard running <laughs> did you get yeah. to keep the shirt <laughs> yeah yeah we, we they kept the shirts um we had to keep the clothing and uh i recall they gave us shoes we kept, we kept the shoes like mm -hmm. white new balance or something like that I yeah. kept the um the shirt, which I unfortunately I've lost it. So I don't know how I lost yeah. it, but I, I lost wow. the shirt. And then um we kept the nasty mouthpiece that we had <laughs> Ew. Form, form you, you, know, 
You know, it's funny when I was a kid, you know, I was around like five to seven at the time over the course of the run of the show, you know, ignorant me wasn't really into sports. And I thought there was, those were orange slices you guys were holding in because I used to do that with my, <laughs> yeah, I thought that my too. own food. Oh, That's I funny. guess the rind protects your teeth when you're like falling through the temple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny. The, the whole process of when we got the mouth guards and the shoes and everything, they like, I remember like standing in kind of like a hallway somewhere on, on set during, on filming day. Mm-hmm. And like all of us were like up against the wall. I don't know how many, I don't know how many people, kids there were, but there's there several, and there was team, you know, uh, workers there with like a cup of like super hot water with like the, the formed mouth guard, you know? Oh like, yeah. Open your mouth. And then they like, you know, all the kids, they shove it in all these kids' mouths. They bite down. Oh, like, no. So we're all standing there, you know, like with our mouth guards being formed. That was, that was kind of funny too. You just gave me uh, PTSD flashbacks of Little League. <laughs> I, I remember <laughs> doing the same thing too. Getting that and yep. uh, making sure I buy my cleats and all that stuff. Moving on to the steps of knowledge. Obviously, uh, you, your team, the Red Jaguars and the Silver Snakes won. Did, when you were going through the steps, what was going through your head? Like, um, were, were the buttons on the, on the floor of the steps, were they hard to press or were they just like a simple touchpad kind of tap? From what I recall, you didn't have to do it very hard. It must have been a pretty, pretty sensitive switch. It was, it was, I, didn't, I don't recall like not hitting the button, you know, when I tried. Yeah. That's that's good to know because I remember in earlier seasons seeing some contestants like really shove their foot into it as if they were like going to break their ankle and sometimes it wouldn't even work. Yeah. But I think that's just the nature of the fact that they were still working out the kinks and seeing what worked and what didn't work. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that they tried was literally films. It, there was right. no dry runs, no rehearsals. It was just, yeah. that's what we got because we only got this much for a budget. <laughs> it's so. also possible that, especially on the first season when they were just getting this going, that the kids were probably looking more at Kirk and Olmec and less on where their foot was. It just stomped and then looked down after, oh crap. Definitely overwhelming for sure. Like all the, all the action going on and stand here, you stand here, you stand here and then everybody and then everybody splits and it's just okay action and then they they start filming cool. but yeah with the, with the steps of knowledge they um when we were backstage that was one of the times that they gave us a heads up of what was going to come next i believe they gave us a, a paper with the story on it they're going to quiz us on so it's the same story that you know Olmec recites on the actual on the show but we got mm-hmm. to like a piece of paper to you know study the story backstage before we went on so that was that was cool at least it gave you some preparation instead of throwing you into the deep end yeah. after that, right? So the, after this came the the Temple Games, and if I remember correctly, there was one with like this weird giant bouncy castle that reminded me of like the the Jungle Gym thing in Chuck E. Cheese's, where you had to like jump through it and drop some yep. Yep. inflatable samurai. Um, yep. What was that experience like for you? Because I know you're competing against uh, Jeremy of the Silver Snakes, who is pretty fast on his feet. I think that was like the whole reason we lost because I lost my my event, you know, because um, I, I think the way they do it was there's like a there's like a solo event for each player and then yep. there's like yeah. a, a event together. So I, uh, my partner, I don't think she won her solo event. I don't think she did. But she, and I, and she I did the she did like the go underground and like try to match yep. yeah. the, the rocks thing. And I, re- right. I just remember like, I can't even do that now. I'm 33 and I can't like yeah. match too blindly when someone else is like trying to switch them on me. What would that, they that, that game was the most yeah. absurd game in the entire thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. And so I, I don't think she won that one. No, um, she didn't. Yeah. And then, and then I, and then I lost mine too, but I do recall like after watching, cause we, at the end, when we're all done, they gave us like a VHS tape. Um, I don't remember oh, if it was nice. the same day. It had to have been later after it was edited. So it was before, before yeah. it aired, I think. 
the fan, we yeah. got like a VHS tape. And I remember watching the tape because I lost on that event. So like, I want to see like another perspective of what happened. Sure. But, like if you watch it, like we're bouncing on the, the trampoline, getting ready to go into the offset hole. And there's an offset hole and you have to like throw a, a, a inflatable temple guard down the, down the, the hole. Right. But if you're watching, we're kind of like offset bouncing. And then like <laughs> when he says go, he, he was like on an up bounce. So he went right, right. in. So I had to do a bounce. And then, so if you go, if you watch the episode, you can see like, damn, when I was little, like, the, you know, the timing of the, of the bounces. Yeah. I should have stayed next to him or something. But Right. Literally, yeah. some of these events are so competitive. It's just mere fractions of a second that yes. makes or breaks yeah. you. And yes. I know you were just right there, just about to bang on your gong at the top. And he already did it before you. And yep. it was just like shocked to me. Like, wow, wow. Yeah. Like, I remember thinking, kind of, like, <laughs> I, I could kind of see him through through the, like the material, you know, the fabric. I just remember being like, I can't catch him. Like, I can't, you know, I was going as fast as I could, but I just couldn't make it through fast enough. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I still give you credit kid. for being able to do it that fast. Like, you, yeah. you were on your game. You weren't no slouch. Yeah. yeah that, that whole yeah. thing was quick. You guys were neck and neck the whole time. So um, moving on from those two events, there was the, the Team Temple Guard event where you win two pendants or a full pendant of life instead of a half. And I believe you you turned it around and brought it to a tie um, yeah. due to the event where it's like one of you is like suspended from the scaffolding thing and you had to like throw up a inner tube to them and they had to yeah. drop it on like this weird little pagoda device where it would like catch a bunch of rings, kind of like that baby toy. Um, and I remember you guys won two to zero. How did, how did that yeah. feel and what was it like to like coordinate with your team member to secure that win for that event? She did super good because she had all the, I just had to throw it in the air. She had to catch it and then, you know, they swing her back over and then she had to drop it over the um, the little peg to, to make it on there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I remember thinking like, okay, maybe we got a chance, you know, at that point when, when we're, we're in the middle of that event. I do remember her being upset afterwards because it was like kind of rough on the kids dangling from the, from the wire. Like you, yeah. you watch the, yeah. you go back and watch they're in that harness but it's like it's getting like slack and then it boom it like falls down and then so she was like uh pretty freaked out because how rough it was you know and but she was able to get those those inner tubes on that uh that thing and then and we got it so that was cool we tied yeah. it up yeah, more power to her. I would have gotten nauseous if I was swinging up there because in addition to like zip lining back and forth on it, the scaffolding itself was swinging just due to yeah. the momentum going on. So it's like, ah, am I going to fall off of this? doesn't matter. I got to win. I got to win. Drop right, right. Yeah. And, time and, and then, too. And then the, the, the people on set, you know, they're tasked with the ropes to pull it back and forth. So yeah, they're trying the to like, even more than spotters, they're the ones that are actually moving her back and forth. Right. right, so, right. Yeah. so it's like, you know, they're tasked with, you know, not, you know, go going slow or something like that and trying to, you know, make it as fast as they can as well. So it's almost like they're competing a little bit too, you know, in the middle of it, so. Right, it, yeah, it's, it's almost rough. like they're competing vicariously through the teammates they're helping. <laughs> maybe right. maybe they got some rivals backstage going on. <laughs> yeah, and a yeah. lot of times on, on behind the scenes movie magic, whenever a lot of the actors, when they've had to use the harnesses, they've remarked on how painful those things were and you've just confirmed that and just on doing the legends of the hidden temple which makes me wonder how awful it was over on guts because most <laughs> of the games on guts required those kinds of harnesses and it, yep. it, that's just killer moving on from the the temple games uh, i do remember that because you're able to make a comeback in um that ring event that you tied everything up with the silver snakes um, so they actually brought out a tiebreaker pestle, which doesn't happen very often. Um, do you recall what went on then? Because I think I think the question had to do with like how many swords samurais carry two of. It, it was uh, 
what kind of weapon do they carry? Weapon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yep, I recall that one too because I failed that one as well. <laughs> so You really just, didn't even get a chance because they Kirk was still asking the question and started yeah. to give multiple choice and he didn't right. even get to the swords yet. He he gave yeah. option number but one I, and they wrong it. I knew I knew what the answer was. Like I, I as he was reading it, I mean it's a, a samurai sword, you know, it's that's what they they carry swords. So katanas. The kid Jeremy just got there just right before i did so yeah that was that another kid, burn that was another burn moment when you're a kid and you lose, it's like oh <laughs> it's so yeah sad. that that kid he's always like a fraction of a second ahead of you and yep, he like he sure was yeah but but as we see in the temple he gets his karma because we're going to yeah. talk about what what went down in the temple there yeah it's, so uh, funny uh funny thing um <laughs> this is probably i don't know this is because at work you know whenever i'm working somewhere like it'll come up sometimes or whatever. Like we'll talk, we'll talk about like Nickelodeon or something like that, or, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. And, and then the legends stuff comes up. People that I work with, they'll tell somebody else, you know, at one point, this was probably in 2010 or 11, something like that. Uh, we like found Jeremy on, on social media. Oh, no <laughs> I was, way. I was, no like, way. I was like, Hey man, this is Joe. Do you remember me? 1995, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like <laughs> today uh, you ruined my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, you ruined my life. <laughs> You know, I was like, talk about like an adult drunk rematch or something like that, you know, like, but um, (laughs) he never responded. Oh, (laughs) man. He was was too cowardly. Yeah. It's okay, Joe. You're the better man. Uh, Because me and my buddy Jason were trying to get on the show together. And Mm -hmm. when we both made it on the show, we're like, okay, cool. I wonder if we can like choose, but they don't, you don't get to pick who you're going to be with. They, yeah, they match Uh, it up based on those, those stats. I think like how you perform during the um, auditions, I'm guessing. Yeah. So they match you up with like, and it's usually like a like a male and a female, you know, that right. yeah. matched up. But the girl, or was her name Jillian? I think. I yeah. I didn't know who she the was. girl, the girl on your team was named Jillian with an O N, yeah. and then the girl on the Silver Snakes team was named Elise. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Jillian, the girl that was on my team, I met her like the same day we went there for filming. They said, "Okay, here's your here's your you're gonna be working with." So I didn't know who she was. You know, Did you have so any time to get to know her? Like just like the hour and a half or two hours in between filming. I don't know who she like after the show, I never talked to her again, you know. So I mean, I mean, that's understandable. I always thought that um, I mean, maybe it's different for people who get through to the temple, but like if there's some sort of connection there that helped like start a friendship or something else. Um, but yeah, I guess it's just show up and do your thing. Yeah, like, and because they no, got a show to make. No cell, we didn't have cell phones or you know, social media or anything like that. So it's like you'd have Very to get a phone number and then so I don't know. That was interesting. You didn't get to pick your your friend. <laughs> right? I, that's such a bummer because I feel like if you had a strategy plan before you got on a show, that would really help your odds. But I guess they're trying to make it as fair as possible. But I tell you, some of those <laughs> temple runs, I, some of those temple runs I watched in preparation for this episode, they were really mis- mismatched. You got like the speediest, smartest, fastest person alive on some teams. And then the other person's just like strolling through the park one day. Maybe oh, I'll get to the artifa- artifact one day. You know, yeah. it's taking their time. Yeah, we got to tour the um, temple as well, which was neat. So, so cool. So you like went through the individual rooms either before or yeah. after the taping? Yeah, it was, yeah, but it was, um, I think it was before, I think it was before we started filming that day. They were, they okay. had a group of us and we got to walk up and then go through, you know, they let us walk through the temple and they showed us this is here. I think it will, some of it was for like, don't fall out here and, you know, careful. Mm-hmm. Weird, yeah. These kind right. of things, but. And, um, and but that was cool. So and also to, to give you a basic rundown of of what, how right. you're supposed to do the run, so that way when you get in it, you're not. Right. Uh, uh. Yeah, because the success rate was so low as it was, you know. 
So. Right. <laughs> um, I'm kind of curious. Um, I don't know if you remember the rooms too well from season three. Luckily, there was only one layout that never changed, unlike the previous seasons. If you had to pick one room of the 12 rooms in the temple, which one would you be, be your favorite and why? Um, I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, it might have been mm -hmm. from watching the show, but uh, I think there was the, the skeletons, like Room of the Kings or something, and there was skeletons sitting the, at a the, table. Or... The Tomb of the Headless Kings, that would be the, the bottom center of the temple. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so that one that one was really neat. It just kind of had like a Goonies one-eyed Willie vibe to it. You yes. Know, like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, when I was when I was a kid, I like loved Indiana Jones and all that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. yeah, Legends of the Hidden Temple was like awesome back you know back then. But, it, it was um, but, a dream yeah, I think, come true. But yeah, I think that room is the um, that that was to, the silver you know the shrine of the monkey. That was a cool one. You know, just mm -hmm. because everybody the infamous puzzle, the <laughs> puzzle. Yeah. And I, yeah. I still think to myself, I'm like, there's no way I wouldn't get that. You know what I mean? It's like, I would definitely right. get, put that thing together. We got to play with it when we did the tour. We got to- Oh, really? Yeah, so that was cool. Wait yeah. a minute. They let you mess with the Silver Monkey before the taping, and there were still that many kids who didn't know how to do it? Yep. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Uh, yeah. Well, it, they probably realized, <laughs> they, they probably realized it's so bad, so hard, you know, that's like to get the base settled in, and then, mm -hmm. you know, if all that stuff is lined up, and then the, the middle piece, you can't tell what's front and back and up, upside down, so- Yeah. Um, it's yeah, very that's... finicky. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Headless Kings was pretty cool. A skeleton Room, I thought that was... Mm -hmm. well, both great choices. I, I would definitely agree with you for that as uh, the season three rooms. I would also add the Dark Force because it had a nice ambient feeling to it. And Mortal also Kombat. the extra extra creep uh, element to it that if you reached into the wrong tree to like try and find the key to go into the next room, yes. the temple guard would grab you. And some people yeah. like did not expect that at all. They're like screaming for their life as soon as they're like, get over here. <laughs> yeah. Terrifying. It was like unbelievable, you know. And, yeah, and you look those... At those, those guys were dressed up. I mean, they're, they're, they look cool, but they were, uh, it was very scary. You know, you're already in a rush to do something. You know, your, your, your mind is trying to find the task of what you're trying to do. And then this freaking dude jumps out, you know. And... <laughs> it's pretty much akin to like being on a subway to work, rushing the, you know, work on a subway. And like all of a sudden, a, a knife wielding maniac or murderer like jumps out. You like is like, give me your money, quick, quick. Yeah, because you have to give them a pen, pendant or else they won't go away, yep. and it takes up precious time. So yeah, I, I don't know what they were thinking in terms of like the difficulty or like the mindset of these temple runs, but I, I pretty much feel like you know at least half of the temple runners have some sort of PTSD after going through that show because of like yeah, kids. There's a lot of crying kids backstage. A lot of kids who are scared and oh, just man. overwhelmed with the pressure, you know? So. Yeah. I, I remember one girl, I believe she did the, the heart shaped pillow of Annie Taylor in season two. Yes. She yes. was so nervous the entire day before her temple run that she threw up in the, the pit of the pendulum and they yeah. had to stop taping to clean up all the like balls in the ball pit. And I'm just like, Oh man, poor girl. She's probably like convulsing and they're just trying to get through the taping rapid fire. Yeah. I, I don't know how to do it. Luck luckily though, she, she made it through the temple in time. So, you know, all, all the stuff going against her somehow offset, you know, her ability to overcome the challenges. That's cool. Um, maybe they, maybe the uh, temple guards laid off a little bit, you know, maybe they didn't jump out. Cause I think yeah. they had, I don't know how, I don't know how planned out it was, but I, I think it was fairly planned out. It was and like, if you had like half a pennant or something, there's like, no way you're getting through that thing. You're going to get, uh -uh. you know what I mean? You're going to get, you're yeah. going to lose it and that's it. Yeah, so. it's best prepared. It's best to go in prepared with two pendants if possible. But if you have one, um, usually if you like signal to your partner where it's like hanging on an actuator on yep. a piece of the temple room, um, they can pick it up and then they'll be saved when the third temple guard comes out 
uh, so that they can keep moving without running out of time or, you know, being extracted. Yeah, a lot it, of coordination for little kids. <laughs> a lot of really? Yeah. Because the age, the age range was, I believe, like, what, 8 to 15, something? I think, it was, 11, I think it was 11 to 15 yeah, or something. Okay. Double digits. Yeah, the amount of winners, I mean, it was definitely planned out because every season had exactly the same amount of victories in the Temple Run. I believe that one, where the, the pillow, the heart-shaped pillow, I think that was one where there were no Temple Guards. She, she didn't hit a single one, I think, on her run. Mm. It's possible. I'll have to double check that one. Um, there's definitely a flawless run. I remember called the enormous uh, nose ring of Babe the Blue Ox, which is like part of the, the such Paul a weird, Bunyan tall tale. Such a weird story, right? <laughs> yeah. They throw in some of the weirdest yeah. half, half part of my swearing um, tales where like it's half fiction, half history, half myth. And yeah. like, wait a minute. Am I, are they trying to teach me wrong facts that I'm going to like get wrong on a quiz when I have history class in school? Yeah. <laughs> season, one, season one, they were fairly plausible. Like, okay. I can see season two is like, okay, wait a minute. Season three is like, okay, now you're just making stuff. You run out of stuff. I mean, you got to have what 120 things to, you know, cool, yeah. exciting things to come up with. So, and they're all unique too. Like who the heck is a Frua and why she have a shriveled hand or like, why did Earhart had a golden pig? Like, yeah, ugh. I, I guess fact checking didn't matter that much then. But um, yeah, <laughs> but speaking of speaking of the temple, let's do a breakdown of of that uh, temple run because you know I'm sure listeners would love to hear it. Um, so what happened was so what happened with the temple run breakdown is that Jeremy was off to a pretty fast start. He what happened was he. He ran into a temple guard in the crypt after opening up, uh, you know, those two books that you had to pull away from the skeletons. And you knew right then that something was off because it's not often that a temple guard would show up right off the bat yeah. in uh, the crypt room or the ledges. So for some reason, I believe he was forced to go down and over through the pit. Um, he made decent time there. And uh, when he got into the tomb of the headless kings, he happened to not find the skull after he pulled all the vines to release the, the bones and put the skull in one of the, the bodies. Setting in the tomb of the Headless Kings. There he goes, he's pulling the ropes looking for the skull. I like this team, they're fast. Looking for the skull, where is it? Buried among the bones. And he spent like a good 30 seconds in there looking for it. And it just happened to be sitting on like the, the stage left skeleton's knee, which I thought was kind of peculiar, unless it just happened to land right there. Um, yeah. So after, after he put that on, he went up, got to the Shrine of Silver Monkey, you know, blazed for the other parts, no problem. And then when he got to the Room of the Secret Password, uh, at just about the one minute mark left on the clock, uh, temple guard took him out immediately. So you have a temple guard at the very beginning of the temple, second floor, at the very end of the uh, second floor. And with all that ground covered, you're like, oh, shoot. Now his partner has to cover all that ground, go one room down and then make it out within one minute, which is pretty difficult. Yeah, considering right. the fact that I've seen a few dozen temple runs in my day. 
And if you don't have at least like a good solid 50 seconds, by the time you touch the artifact and all the rooms open, you're going to be hard pressed to get out with any time left. You know, Elise had that going against her as a result um, going in. This is where the karma part comes in that we mentioned earlier. When she got down to the, the pit to get into the room of the Headless Kings, apparently the room leading into there was locked. And it was just like stuck there. And she's like going back and down, like, come on, do something, anybody. And it was like a good 30 seconds before, you know, you heard that switch trigger go on and the room opened up again. So after dealing with that stumbling block, she, she booked it up and over best she could. But literally, as soon as she got into the room of the secret password at the end, time ran out. And I'm just like, dang, if it weren't for those two hiccups with the, the Headless King, they would have at least gotten the artifact because it was in the quicksand bog one room below the, the room of the secret password. Yeah, yeah that sucks. <laughs> so, so I feel like if you were to run through that, that might have been a similar fate for you because it just seemed like one of those instances of either bad luck or the producers were like, nope, we're not giving away the trip to Jamaica this time. Save it yeah. for like five episodes after this. <laughs> yeah, you, you know when they were intentionally making it difficult when you get Temple Guard first thing. Like, nope, they're not winning. The production um they had to balance out the amount of prizes you know grand prizes yes. and then since I, i've always wondered like i didn't get the prize that they advertised that i was going to get i got some other random thing which was cool to have the karaoke machine i, I think that was it. cooler than the ones they showed because i think yeah uh, the prizes for the temple were like a magnavox tiny 12 inch tv there was like uh encyclopedia wasn't one of them like a trip wasn't yeah. one of them like a trip yeah yeah it was like a trip to a resort so you know that one's pretty cool but the others were like eh I already got those. <laughs> right, right. And they yeah. were so one-sided. I mean, you, you get the grand prize. Awesome. Every other prize. Ring pops. Or like a beauty. control car. Yeah, I, I don't know what they were thinking with um, kind of figuring out the appropriate like tier risks to rewards um, going through it. But I, I think you it worked out for you in the end. Um, there's this one episode called The Tale, the, the Oracle Bowl, Bowl of Delphi from season one, where um, the losers of the Steps of Knowledge actually got super soakers. Like, and it wasn't even oh. the small ones either. It was like the 225 XP one with double nozzle action with like the lever. Uh -huh. I'm like, oh man, I would have lost on purpose for that had I known that was going to be the prize. <laughs> yeah. It's Koosh balls or something stupid, you know? <laughs> yeah, I do remember Kooshlings being a popular oh, yeah. uh, moat prize. And like Tia and Tamara Maori just like, look how cool it is. Don't you want one? <laughs> nah. <laughs> um, but, so but also, It also makes you wonder if, if the contestants all really did get those prizes or if it was just, hey, we have this thing, take it. And then they just use the prizes as advertisements on the show. Yeah, probably because I didn't get mine. So <laughs> yeah, at, at least we debunked that myth. Um, right. So before we move on to our trivia challenge, I'm kind of wondering, Joe, if you had the opportunity to go through the temple in place of Jeremy, how would you do the temple run differently to get to uh, the war fan in the quicksand bog? Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, it, you know, with, with it being, you know, so hectic and you're just trying to get through there as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would have, I don't know if I would have done any different or if the outcome would have been any different, you know, with the reboot now coming out, would you so want to I do that? Applied. I applied. You? Oh, you did? Yes. Yeah, yeah. But we never heard anything back. So I think uh, they were already, uh, already <laughs> yeah. A, but a different buddy and I, we applied because you have to apply with, um, with a, uh, you know, two people apply at this point. So that this, this time you'd be on the show with whoever you applied. Right. With. It was more uh, paired up. 
Right, but they had they just have a bunch of questions. Uh, that, I don't know if you guys looked at it or not. The application no. online, but yeah, I think it might still be online. You can look at the questions and kind of see the things that they ask. It's kind of interesting. But I uploaded sure. the photo. I uploaded the photo of like me as a kid, and then me, you know, as an adult, and like that was the photo. So I'm like, hey, maybe if they see that, you know, because yeah. I think they yeah. wanted prior contestants. But anything um, to make you stand out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I tried. So redemption, but didn't hear back. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, if they get renewed man. for another season, then they might. Yeah try again there's always hope well I, I give you a lot of credit for just getting on the show and being able yeah. to talk with you today because that's honestly the next best thing thank you so much for joining us for this special inside look at being a contestant on legends of the hidden temple yes joe thank you so much yeah, yeah it was fun but before we go we are going to test your temple knowledge with a little second segment called think fast to make the grade There's going to be five questions, two questions are one points. Then there's two two-parters because they have a bonus aspect to it. So you can get either one or two points for those. And then the last question is worth three points. Hands on your buzzers, buzzers get ready buzzers. to think. Buzzers, sorry. <laughs> yes, hand on your buzzards that you pulled from the desert next to the Aztec temple that we are on right now. <laughs> yeah, it's anyways. Question one. How many seasons and episodes were filmed for the original run of the series? I saw, I saw Joseph first. Go ahead, Joe. Three seasons, 40 episodes each, 120 episodes total. That is correct. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Joe has one point, Alex zero. Question two. Olmec is voiced by D. Bradley Baker. What other two 90s Nickelodeon shows has he acted for? And I'll give you a hint. They are both sci-fi themed. Alex. I doubt it, but Space Cases? And, 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 uh, yes. No. Do I get half a point? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Is, yes. is a musical band, not a show. Dang to it. break it to you. <laughs> um, Joe, do you have any, guesses? I don't have the second one. Uh, was it like, are you afraid of the dark or something like that? Nope. Journey of Alan Strange. That is one of them. Um, but hey, the other one, one the other one is a deep cut. It is called the brothers flub and that aired in 1999 and it was in, it was an animated show that only lasts for a season. So that was a kind of a tough one. But um, yeah, apparently. Yeah, and, and that makes sense as to why I didn't remember that because I was just remarking earlier about how uh, as a teen, I was getting out of it and I got out at 98. So it makes sense why yeah. I didn't know that one. Yeah, I was, I was definitely, I was out of it by 99 for sure. At that, point. <laughs> that That's fair. I should have mentioned the the other episode. I mean, the other Nick shows that he's been on, but it probably wouldn't have mattered. No, um, no it's all did. He did voice work for Avatar: The Last Airbender, Legend of Korra, Fairly Odd Parents, and SpongeBob. You know he's been around, but um, yeah. Olmec was his first voice role for Nickelodeon, so that's pretty. Cool. All right, score remains the same: one yep. point, Joe, zero for Alex. Question three: This is a two-parter, so you have a chance to win two points here, and I'll ask them one at a time. There are two temple runs that are regarded as the fastest recorded runs of the entire series of Legends. Can you name the team colors of both the artifacts and those episodes? Alex. I'm going to try the color for at least one of them. And I'm okay. going to say Silver Snakes. And what's, do you know any of the artifact names for I the records? I don't know the artifact names. Incorrect for both. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm on a streak. I'll, I'll give it a try. Let's okay. do. Um, the, it might be easier uh, than you think. Was it, was it orange iguanas? Is that one of them with the orange? That's a, the that's a team. Okay. I'll pick orange. <laughs> that, I'll that. pick orange. And then uh, uh, who knows what the artifact is? Any, any number of things. I'm, I have no idea. So it's, it's kind of neat how this worked out because you're on the Red Jaguars, but 
both of these records are held by Red Jaguars players. Ah, yeah, it is. And that's my favorite team too. Crap. Yep. It is the, ma- the Mask of Shaka Zulu from season one and the Ivory Hunting Horn of Roland from season three. Ah, and the right. bonus the bonus part, you, you probably won't know it since you didn't get the first one, but <laughs> how, how much time was left on the clock for either of those teams when they got out of the temple? One. Eight seconds. Two seconds. <laughs> Alex was the closest, so I'll give him the points. Yes. One minute. Um, oh, so okay. to be to be specific, the Mask of Shaka Zulu, they had one minute, 14 seconds left on the clock. And the Ivory Hunting Horn of Roland had one minute, 11 seconds on the clock. Um, and I do want to add that the Mask one was a rather cheap victory because it was a production error where a door <laughs> that was locked became unlocked by the kid. And he just mm-hmm. managed to get through. And they're like, oh, we better just give it to him because we only have enough money to take this live. Um, so oh, that was man. that. And then the 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 hunting horn was a legit one. And it was actually a solo run uh, by one of the few African-American temple runners that got out through the temple. So that that's really like the awesome. real one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So question four, this is also a two-parter, chance to win two points. For efficiency's sake, many shows, especially game shows, are filmed in a certain order that are different from the order that they air. What was the first filmed episode of Legends that was... And what was the first aired episode of Legends? I got nothing on that one. No clue. Oh, <laughs> do you do you want to give me um, the, the Temple Runner oh. color? I'll give you that. <laughs> okay, the Temple Runner color. We'll go. Um, I'm going orange again. Nope, it was red again. <laughs> yeah, I was not. trying to make this in your favor because you're yeah, a red jaguar. <laughs> so um, the the episode that was filmed first was Blackbeard's treasure map. And the episode that aired first was Lawrence Arabia's headdress, which was a green monkey. And they one didn't get through the temple at all, and the other one got through the temple entirely. And then the bonus part of that question is, how many episodes on average of Legends of the Hidden Temple were filmed per day of shooting? Joe? Uh, I'm gonna, on, so on average, I'm going to say it was five. Yes, that is correct. All right. Five to six. But I'll yeah, get that's it crazy. Today. So we got Joe with two points, Alex with zero, but Alex can come back in the end with question five because it is three points. All right. And the nice thing about this is that it's multiple choice. So you don't even have to be a legends diehard to get it right if you use your powers of deduction. (laughs) Oh no. Question five, the final question. While many artifacts have unique names in the show, some names often repeat the same adjective to describe them in the legend. Is the most repeated artifact ad- adjective on the show A, lost, B, golden, C, missing, or D, stone? I saw Alex raise his hand first. I'm going to say golden. Golden is correct. Hey! <laughs> golden actually appeared nine times on, on the show throughout the 120-episode run, and they are the following episodes because I like trivia and I, I researched it. So we have the Golden Chains of Zenobia from season one, the Golden Cricket Cage of Khan from season one, the Golden Cup of Belshazzar from season one, the Golden Jaguar of Atapulpa from season one, the Golden Earring of Henry Morgan from season two, the Golden Goblet of Attila the Hunt from season two, the Golden Pepperoni of Catherine de Medici of season two, the Golden Stallion of Alibaba from season two, and the Golden Spider Web of Robert de Bruce from season three. Lost appeared eight times, Missing appeared three times, and Stone appeared two times in that statistics. So yeah, thank you so much for playing uh, Think Fast to make the grade. 
it looks like Alex beat you out with just one point. Yeah. So that that pretty much concludes our our Olmec trivia gauntlet. That concludes our overview of the war fan of the 47 Ronin. Joe, thank you so much for being here today to talk with us. Didn't think it would be possible to still find uh, Legends contestants almost 30 years later, but hey, we're I'm 40 now, you. so. Wow, yeah. <laughs> time flies when you're uh, reminiscing about the 90s. Yeah, big time. Social's time. Yes, social's time. Um, where can everyone follow us who are avid listeners of Splat Attack? Well, for Splat Attack, uh, if you want to follow Splat Attack individually, we are available on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr. Well, there is a YouTube channel. Uh, and uh, I was going to say Podbean, but Podbean does have something, but it's not, it's not really that much. But mostly Instagram and Facebook and things like that. If you would like to follow us individually, you can follow me on Instagram at True90sNickelodeon, or you can follow me on Facebook, which is actually a bit of a flip, but it's uh, 90s Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon, the true 90s, and also 90s Nick fan on Twitter. Mostly, though, Instagram is where you're going to find me at. Mr. Brett, where can they find you? Yes, uh, you can find me mainly on Instagram. I don't really do other social media just because I'm I'm a monotasker at heart. So sorry, I'm on Facebook, but don't talk to me there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm on Instagram at Brett Wilson Art. I'm there all the time. I love connecting with 90s Nickelodeon fans. Doesn't matter what you like, as long as you want to talk about it with us or you know, connect with me to get some art prints, stickers, posters, uh, commissions. I do that for people as well. Uh, you can definitely contact me through there. You can also email me at brett.michaelwilson at gmail.com. Or if you have a question, listener topic, or just like to write to us uh, on Splat Attack, you can contact us via email at splatattack2021 at gmail.com. And if you all would like, just for kicks and giggles, because legends love to just make up items, not artifacts <laughs> by the last season. What artifact would you like to put in the temple run? All right, Gakoids, time to put away your pendants. We'll catch you next time for another legend of the Hidden Temple. See ya. Reprise the theme song and roll the credits. Hard to believe, folks, but it's time to say goodbye. Nighty night. Hey, check us out next time for more adventure and another great legend of the Hidden Temple. What do we do till then? Chill for a couple. We'll be back. You're on, Nick. And it was time for the superhero to move on. I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. Bye-bye. The legend of the war fan of the 47 Ronin. Oh, the war fan of the 47 Ronin.